everybody, I'm wearing my favorite Summit Church sweater with alpaca yarn today. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And we're going to be starting worship in about five minutes. So grab your coffee, grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab a loved one, get your praise hands all warmed up for singing and, and worshiping. And I've got a few special surprises today. It's going to be a very, very fun day worshiping God today here online with Church Online. So share this with a friend and um, we will see you in just a few minutes. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse, horse, horse. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh.
Summit Church. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, I'm going to open with an old uh, Brownsville revival song, and you can ride the levels if it gets too loud, if it gets bumps too too much. But I am going to do a song called "Enemies Camp," and I think you may be able to figure out what it's all about. But I got my Delta Blues set up in my my blues guitar. So this is going to be an old gospel blues song called "The Enemies Camp."
guitar this morning. So whatever the devil takes, the enemy takes from us, but God can bring it back. He can bring it back. So, you know, God is a giver, and I have a surprise, everybody. You, do you guys like surprises? How about your first Christmas surprise? I'm out of, I'm out of breath because of playing drums and guitar at the same time. Um, I was told that this season that my daughter Lily had to stay in Arizona and we just had to wait till Christmas to see her. But she came home and we made a music video together. She's going to come on in a couple minutes. We're going to sing some Christmas songs. I want you to see this song that we normally do on a Sunday morning called I Will Sing in a totally different way. Check it out. Watch this. Sing along.
Hey, that was awesome. Look who's here. Hello, Back from Arizona. Party people. <laughs> uh, we're so glad to have you home, Lily. I know the church family is glad to have you yes. too. We thought we'd sing a couple Christmas songs, and then we're going to get in, into our study about the major prophets today. But um, let's worship God a little bit. The whole reason why we come is to adore God. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born a king of angels. Oh, Silent Night. We're going to finish with Silent Night. How about, once you grab the, once you guys name one of your favorite Christmas carols, and we will see if we have it on our sheet here. Let us know what your favorite Christmas carols are. We gotta see. Hello, there we go. Morning, Everyone party. says, Lily, hello. Love y'all. How about we do Oh Holy Night? Can we do that one? And then we'll go, we'll just keep singing Christmas songs until it's time to, to get into the sermon.
clink in there. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the sky look down where he lay. The Someone say joy to the world. Yes, joy to the world. Let's do that one. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven nature sing. And heaven nature sing. And heaven and heaven. From Tennessee, many of you know that I started my my career in Tennessee, in Nashville. My, my wife and I used to live in a little town called Antioch, which is kind of just due south, east of Franklin, Tennessee. And I was a video producer. 
and we were rolling around in the, the hills on a highway near Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We were doing a video shoot for a, a country artist named Lori Morgan. Some of you guys know who that is. And we had rented a 57 convertible with a, a soft top drop down. And my, uh, the director was actually the cinematographer on that scene. He was filming, leaning back on the passenger door. And I was in a follow car. And then we also had a helicopter shot. So this is back in the early 90s. And the, the latch on the door that my director was leaning on came loose. And we're driving down a state highway in Tennessee. He falls out. He has a $30,000 film camera in his hands. He tumbles out of the car, falls down into the ditch in this rural place in Tennessee. Oh, no. And I thought he was dead. I thought, because you see someone fall out of a car at highway speeds, and you think, oh, man, that's not going to be gone. good. They're gone. Well, he came up. The film camera was in his hands. <laughs> he, was, he had road rash all over him. And we went to call 911 to make sure he was okay. I, I crawled up the, the holler. They call it the holler in Tennessee because it's with the hollow, the little valley, up to someone's house. Called up the holler to this guy's house. He's an old man sitting on the porch just whittling away, just whittling. And, uh, and uh, come to find out, it's the man who wrote, Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> he goes, hope you all are okay. I saw that man follow that car over there. And uh, so anyway, that's my Grandma Got Ran Over that's by a Reindeer story. But um, yes. It's Christmas time. We have lots of fun Christmas memories, right, everybody? So uh, let's sing one more Christmas song. We'll get into the Bible study today. I want to sing Silent Night. It's, I think it's my most favorite Christmas song of all time. Silent night, holy night, oh. Son of God loves pure love. 
Father, help us to get outside of ourselves and stop thinking about ourselves and all the things that we're worried about and all the things that we wish would go our way. Lord, we say, just like we say in the Our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray you'd help us to make this Christmas season less about us and more about you. So bless everything that we say here today. Thank you for bringing Lily back to us safe today, Lord. And I pray you bless the studying of your word as we see the major prophets pointing to Messiah and how you fulfilled many prophecies and there's many more to be fulfilled. So Lord, bless the studying and the reading of your word today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Can I get a hug from you today? Yes, I love you, kiddo. I love you too. I, I never get enough lily time. <laughs> and uh, good to see us. many of you online. <laughs> Make sure and share this link with somebody. Hey, would you do this? Take this link right there. Share that with someone. Tell them that church has started. We already did the songs. We already did the music. But we're about to get into the Bible study. So grab your Bible and turn with me to the book 
of uh, Isaiah. Isaiah is going to be where we start our study of the five prophets. Um, and really, we're talking about four major prophets today. And so make sure and share that with someone. Greet someone. Wave to someone online. And we're going to get into our Bible study here today. So Isaiah 53, and let's do this. So I got my, I got my whiteboard here, everybody. It's not really a whiteboard. It's a blackboard. We're going to do a little bit of review of what the Bible is all about because we're nearing the end of our teaching calendar. I prayed last year about, God, what do you want me to teach on um, in 2020? And I felt like I got this very specific word from the Lord that I was supposed to, to preach a series called Tag 2020, Take and Give 2020. And so what is, what is, what is that all about? Well, God has set up his earth, his world, with times of planting and cultivating um, and, and bringing about uh, different times and seasons. Hopefully the audio is good. I'm, I'm, we've been kind of messing around with that a little bit. I'm going to bring it down just a tad. All right. So um, times of sowing and reaping, planting and harvest, um, early, early rains and latter rains. There's a springtime, right? There's a summertime. There's an autumn and there's a winter. And God has set up his world with times and seasons, and we can see that not just uh, with the seasons in the climate, but we can see that in the seasons of time. We can see that in the seasons of human history. We can see it in the seasons of kingdoms that rise and kingdoms that fall. Um, God is a God of order. He's a God of seasons, and he, he, he establishes times and places. He, he causes one king to, to rise and another king, king to fall. And we see that in politics. We see that in um, in religion, we see that in, 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 market, in markets and in finances. We see that in every facet of life. And so I'm going to give you sort of a quick review. What is the Bible all about? As we're coming to the end, there's the, we are here the last Sunday of November, and then we're going to go into the last teaching weeks in December. I'm trying to, going to wrap up this overview of Tag 2020 in the Scriptures. Well, today we're going to talk about the major prophets. Next week, we're going to talk about the minor prophets. The following week, we're going to talk about Christ and the Gospels. And we're going to talk about the early church. And we're going to try to fit in a teaching on the Revelation as well. We're going to talk about the prophetic times. So today is a little bit about prophetic times as we talk about the major prophets in the Bible. I want to do a quick review of the overarching themes of the Bible. So I'm going to come with me. Come with me over here to the marker board. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring this in. And you guys can see the overarching themes of the Bible. So, you've seen me, many of you who've been attending Summit Church for a while, you've seen me draw this before. You've seen these, these symbols before, but I'm going to draw them for you again. And just maybe if you remember them, you can call them out or you can put them in the comment section below. But the themes of the Bible can be marked in really in symbols as we think about the overarching themes of what God is doing in human history. Um, here we go. The first, whoops, get this marker to work. Let me get the other one. <laughs> here we go. So first we have the creation, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was up without form and it was void. Then we had the fall. Mankind fell into sin. And we had the flood, Noah and the flood. After the flood, we have the Tower of Babel and the scattering of nations, language, language groups, and peoples. Then we have Abraham, 
See, the, that was marked by many stars. God promised Abraham, um, count the stars, Abraham, so, so shall your descendants be. And then we have Jacob, his son, who God said, sacrifice him on the altar. And then at the last minute, he said, no, don't do it. Now I know that you are fully devoted to me. And this was a type and a shadow of Christ. And then we have this ladder, which represents Jacob, right? Jacob uh, wrestled with the angel. The angel was overcome. He was, he was sleeping at a place called Bethel. And the angels were ascending and descending on a ladder. And then from there, we have the 12 patriarchs. And I just marked that with with a Roman numeral representing the 12 tribes of Israel. That's from Jacob's seed came the 12 tribes. And then, of course, Joseph was one of those 12. And then after the tribes, we see Moses, the Ten Commandments. You guys seen the two tablets, right? God gave the law through Moses. And after Moses was Joshua. And Joshua helped take the promised land. Caleb and the, the descendants of that generation took the promised land. And then there was a time of anarchy. I've got the anarchy symbol there for you, everybody. Uh, that represents a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And then there was a season of the kings. So I draw a crown. It's kind of a bad crown. And then <laughs> major prophets. So I mic that with a big mouth. And then minor prophets. And that's kind of where we are in our teaching calendar. If I have it on a piece of paper here, if you want to see it a little bit clearer. That's where we are. Creation, fall, flood, tower of Babel, scattering of nations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 patriarchs, Moses, Joshua, the judges, the kings, the major prophets. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then the following, just to round it out so you know exactly what we're going to study through the end of December. And then I've been praying and asking the Lord what to, to teach on next year. I really feel like we're supposed to do a pretty detailed study of the New Testament in 2021. But after the minor prophets, there was 400 years of silence. God didn't say anything for 400 years. Boy, you think the silent treatment from your wife is bad. Imagine getting the silent treatment from God. He didn't say anything for 400 years. And then Messiah is born. They follow the sign of the start of the Bethlehem and Jesus came. He was born, the Advent season. It's why we put stars on top of the tree. It's why we have a star on top of Castle Rock. It represents that hope of the world. And then Jesus showed us the way to live. And we marked that with the fish, the ichthus fish, where he multiplied the fish. And then he dies on the cross. And then he's resurrected according to the scriptures. Right? And then after that, he ascends into heaven and he says, um, the Holy Spirit's going to come. So the Holy Spirit descends on the early church. And we marked that by a dove. And from that outpouring at Pentecost of the Holy Spirit, the church is born. The church worldwide. Believers who gather in His name everywhere. The church age is what we're in right now. And in a timeline of the world, we're about to transition from the church age into a messianic age, into the age, the thousand year reign of Christ. The world's not going to come to an end. The world is going to come under new management. Let me say that again. Everyone's looking at the times and the troubles and the plagues and the difficulties and they go, oh, the world's coming to an end. No, it's not. We're just turning the page. We're turning the page of history. And then Messiah is going to establish his rule and his reign. And that we mark that with a triangle here at the end, representing the Trinity kingdom without end. 
a kingdom without end. So we're going to study, we've been studying these first two lines all year this year. I'm going to give you an overview of this last line <laughs> in December, and that will give us sort of a, a, a starting point for detailing a teaching on the New Testament throughout 2021. We're going to, we're going to spend about two months or so on each of these major themes of the New Testament. So today, I'm going to give you an overarching uh, view of the major prophets. And how many, yeah, here's my eraser. I'm going, to, I'm going to help you a little bit. Sometimes it's hard to memorize things in the Bible. It's hard to remember um, different themes or how books are, are put in order. And so there's little tips and tricks and tools that you can use. That's what this Bible and Symbols uh, tool is all about. It helps you remember the overarching themes of what kingdom of God, what the Bible is about, what the Old Testament is about, what the New Testament is about. Um, and I have a little memory trick for you to remember the major prophets. The, the trick is I-Jed. You guys remember the Be Beverly Hillbillies? You had Uncle Jed. Yes. He moved, he, he moved from Tennessee and he moved to, to Beverly Hills. Well, just think of I-Jed. If I-Jed, I-Jed, if I, I re represent the major prophets, there's four major prophets. So I-Jed, I-J-E-D, I-Jed. These, these four letters represent Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And I'm going to make a proposition to you today that there's actually a second D in Ijed. But I'm going to explain that to you a bit because that's, that's been grouped in a different part of literature in the Bible. But I, I'm, going to make a, I'm going to make a proposition that there's a second D in the Ijed. There's another major prophet that, that doesn't get grouped with those four, but probably ought to be. So let's get into our, our study today. The major prophets, the Bible and symbols. All of history is pointing towards Jesus. You know, you can see Jesus in every book of the Bible. Every book of the Bible at some point points to Messiah. It points to Christ. It points to Jesus. That's why we always say it's all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. Because Jesus is, he's the way maker. He's the one who bridges the gap between God and mankind. And because of Christ's sacrifice, death on the cross, and resurrection, he's made a way as the high priest for us to go into the very presence of God, the, the priest of, priesthood of the believer. You don't have to go to a man. You don't have to go to the priest in Jerusalem. You don't have to have to go to the Vatican and talk to the Pope. Nope, you can go straight to Jesus. The book of Hebrews says, now we can come boldly before the throne of grace. So you, point at yourself, say, I am a priest. You are a priest or a priestess. You have the ability to go right in the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. That's why Jesus is such a big deal. That he can't just be a good teacher or, or a good rabbi. He's the very sacrifice that God sent. The perfect sacrifice, once for all time, for all of mankind's sins. And you have to receive what he did for you and appropriate it for yourself. You see my little... My little... Uh, picture that I actually created that from, it's a mosaic of a bunch of Bible stories called the Bible and Pictures for Little Eyes. There's about 180 pages in this children's Bible. And I made this mosaic. And if you can look, if you squint your eyes real good, you can actually see the face of Jesus. 
you see Jesus there. Instead of all those little pictures, you see a big picture of Jesus. See that? Can, can you see it, Lily? Yeah, it's like a hazy picture of Jesus. If I close one eye, squint the other, and then close the <laughs> it. It's made up. It's a, it's a face of Jesus made up of all these stories. All of the Bible points to the person of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? It's pretty amazing. So let's, let's see what Isaiah said about Messiah. Isaiah 53, verse 1. It says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for our, his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, but his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong, and he had never deceived anyone. He was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. Now keep in mind, Isaiah is writing this hundreds of years before Christ, before Christ even appeared. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him, to cause him grief. Yet his life is made an offering for sin. He will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. The Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he, God, that is, will be satisfied. Because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins, and I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Got any rebels out there? Give me a thumbs up or wave your hand if I got any rebels. Some at church, anybody? <laughs> You're like, I'm a rebel. I need Jesus. Without him, I'm utterly lost. Yeah. Well, Isaiah said the Messiah is a suffering servant. Messiah is our suffering servant. He suffered in our place. He took the beating that should have been ours. So that's Isaiah. Let's look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah speaks, and he sees this, again, hundreds of years before Jesus appears, and hundreds of years before this millennial reign, because you know Jesus is coming back. You do know that, right? That Jesus is going to return, and uh, there won't be any presidents anymore. There won't be any, uh, any prime ministers anymore. He is going to be the king of all kings, the lord of all lords, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he's going to reign and rule from the new Jerusalem. And Jeremiah sees this that the son of David will have an eternal reign. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 14. It says, The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel what Judah said, all the good things that I have promised to them. And he's quoting here. In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. 
He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness or Yahweh Sidkenu in the original Hebrew. For this is what the Lord says, David will be a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel forever. Now keep in mind, Jeremiah writes this after King David was long dead and in the grave and gone. He's saying there's a new David coming, the son of David. Who is the son of David? It's Jesus. It's Christ. The son of David is going to come. He's going to rule and reign in Israel forever. That's powerful. And continuing here at the end of of chapter 33, says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. says, Have you noticed what people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and and then abandoned them. They are sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. But this is what the Lord says. I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws and govern night night and day, earth and sky. I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but Israel has been restored. After thousands of years of exile, not being a people, not a nation, suddenly they became a nation in 1948. The nation of Israel was reborn, even with their language. They kept their language. And now God's giving them peace on all sides. Saudi Arabia now is giving them their airspace. They're talking about signing a treaty, Bahrain, the UAE. Many Muslim countries now are, are, are at peace with Israel. This is a miracle. This is a fulfillment of what Isaiah and Jeremiah were talking about. Let's look at what Ezekiel says. Hope you're enjoying this. I love studying the prophets because it just, it, it builds my faith. I go, wow, God saw it. He said it. And now we, he proved it. God cannot lie. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows how to fulfill his word. He watches over his word to fulfill it. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 20. And this is the third point. A descendant of the new David will rule forever in Jerusalem. Now keep in mind, again, Ezekiel wrote this after David was dead, but before Jesus came. This is incredible if you think about it, if you read this within that context. Ezekiel 35, verse 20. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will surely judge between the fat sheep and the scrawny sheep. For you fat sheep pushed and butted and crowded my sick and hungry flock until you scattered them to distant lands. So I will rescue my flock and they will no longer be abused. I will judge between one animal of the flock and another and I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he will feed them and be a shepherd to them and I the Lord will be their God and my servant David will be a prince among my people. I the Lord has spoken. You see, the son of David, and David himself, I believe in the millennial reign, is going to come back. I think it's not only going to be literally David, it's also going to be the son of David, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. It's going to return. Ezekiel saw it. Jeremiah saw it. Isaiah saw it. And now let's look at what Daniel says. Daniel sees it. Let's look at Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. This is powerful stuff, isn't it? These major prophets all saw Jesus. They all saw the kingdom that was coming. Here's what it says in Daniel 9.24. This this, there's a, a bit of mystery to this. 
Now, we don't know exactly what all this means, but we see some of it coming. It's like a, looking through a mist and seeing something appear through the fog. We can start to see some of what Daniel saw. Daniel 10, 24 says, A period of 70 sets of seven will be decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. Now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time that the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite perilous times. And if you have a Bible, highlight these next verses. These underline verse 26 and on. It says, After this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. And a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple, and the end will come with a flood. And war and all mis miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. But after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And as a climax to all this terrible, his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. This is Book of Revelation stuff. Jesus did come. He did die. It looked like he... He accomplished nothing. Of course, he accomplished everything. He paid for the sins of the world. His sacrifice, good once for all time, is made a way for mankind to be in right relationship with God. And we did see the Romans come and totally destroy the temple. And I believe that there's going to be a rebuilding of a third temple in Jerusalem. We don't know how all that's going to happen, but then the man of sin, what we call in the book of Revelation, the Antichrist is going to come. And he's going to demand that all the world bow down and worship him or worship his image in the new temple. And so uh, we're living in perilous times. But there, there's even now a group called uh, the Temple uh, Rebuilding Group or the, the Temple. Um, they're, make, they're minting coins in Jerusalem to, to raise funds to build the third temple. So this is not uh, pie in the sky. This isn't fairy tale. This isn't speculation. This is actually happening right now in real life um, as we speak. So Daniel saw the Messiah coming to rebuild Jerusalem. And we, we are looking forward to this thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, which is going to come, I think, <laughs> sooner than many of us might think. And I talked about Ijed, Ijed, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, there's a, third, there's, a, there's a second D, I think, in Ijed. He gets grouped with the poetic literature, but I think King David himself is an example of a prophet. Now, I think God gave da David a snapshot of what his great-grandson, Jesus Christ, would do, and what he would look like. Turn in the book of Psalms to Psalm 22, and think, just, just take this in. If you read Psalm 22 and you realize this was written hundreds of years before Jesus, this was written hundreds of years before the crucifixion, it describes the crucifixion to the T, to, to the letter. You can't, it's like, it's like David must have gotten a video snapshot of what was happening to Jesus on the cross. Psalm 22, and Jesus quotes this Psalm while he's on the cross. Psalm 22, 1, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. 
Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And he goes on to give praise to God. And he says, Yet you, you brought me safely from my mother's womb. Do not stay far away from me. Picking up in verse 14. And this is a highly descriptive of the crucifixion. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like a sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I count all my bones and my enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among them and they throw dice for my clothing. The Romans did that the foot of the cross. Oh Lord, do not stay far away from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs and snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. Jesus quotes this very psalm while he's being crucified. A fulfillment of David's prophecies. You look at the book of Psalms. You look at the life of David. He was a, a prophet king. He, he had the heart of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord was upon him, and I believe he could see what was going to happen with Messiah in the days to come. Can I tell you, what is this all about? What is Christmas about? God so loved the world that he gave that little baby boy, Jesus, born in a stable, and that boy grew up, showed us the way to live, and then he died. He took a beating, like Isaiah said, and then he died on the cross in our place. He took upon himself the sins of the world. Then anyone who would believe in him could have eternal life if they'll confess their sins, turn from their sins, and believe on their hearts and make him the Lord. And then you're promised to be adopted into God's family, to be joint heirs with Jesus, to be members of God's family. You see, God, God didn't create you. You're, you're not a monkey that got lucky. You're not some accident. God made you on purpose. You were made in the image of God. And he loves you so very much. Your sin, my sin, it separates us from God. God is holy. But he's provided a way for our, to have our sins removed. Our sins can't be paid for by doing good deeds. Paying the price for our sin, Christ died and he rose again according to the scriptures. And everyone, anyone who will put their trust in Christ can have eternal life. And that eternal life begins the moment you say yes to Jesus. And it takes you into all of eternity. It starts the relationship. Maybe you've never heard the gospel with that kind of clarity before. You never really understood it before. It's so simple. It's just saying yes to Jesus. Letting him come in and letting him be the boss. And when you do that, when you give him lordship, your life is going to be better than what you could have even planned for yourself. Because you know God loves you more than you love you. God knows you better than you know yourself. So he wants you to come to him. The Bible says if anyone would come to God, he must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what these prophets are talking about. That's what Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and David were all saying, hey, Messiah is coming. He's going to save not only Israel, he's going to save the whole world from their sins. If you want to give your life to Jesus, it's a simple prayer. I just call it STP. Sorry, thank you, please. It's asking God to forgive you thanking him for what he's done, telling him that you believe upon what he's done and in your place and that you want to make him the Lord of your life, please come in. If you want to pray that prayer, would you pray it with me right now? 
Say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you died in, the, in my place. I believe you died in my place. And that God raised you from the dead. And that God raised you from the dead. Just like you said in the scriptures. Just like you said in the scriptures. You gave us the prophets. You gave us the prophets. So that we could know what will happen. So that we could know what would happen. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. I want you to be in charge. I want you to be in charge. Guide me. Guide me. Help me. Help me. Grow me. Grow me. Into the person. Into the person. That you want me to be. That you want me to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's powerful. If you'll do that, if you pray that, if you really believe it, maybe you're like, I don't know, I don't understand. Hey, just rewind it. Rewind this whole thing and watch it again. And you go, I think I got it. I think I got it. Yeah. It is so simple. It's so simple a child can understand. So what do you do from here? If you've said yes to Jesus, here's what I think you need to do. Get a copy of the scriptures. <laughs> Start reading the Bible. Get plugged into the local church. Join the community, whether it's in person or online. Get some Christian friends. Start growing in your knowledge and your faith and your love of the Lord. And as you do that, I think God's going to help you. I know we're living in crazy times. These corona times, if God is not legally able to meet, it's, it's absolutely crazy. But you know what? God has a way. God is a way for us to get through all of this. And we don't have to be fearful. You know, he saw it before it even was. That's the, the spirit of prophecy is to foretell or foretell the will of God. He sees what's coming. And he has a great and wonderful plan for your life. The best is yet to come. Let's finish this uh, Psalm 22. He says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among assembled people. This is Psalm 22 as it, it finishes. I, verse 25. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. If you really give your life over to God, he's going to give you a joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. Verse 27, the whole world will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For the royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him, all who are mortal. All those whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything that he has done. You know, God will begin to do miracles in your life if you'll truly turn your life and your will over to him. He has such a wonderful plan for your life. The best is yet to come. And like Jeremiah said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. The plans to give you hope and a future an expected end, a good ending. God wants to give you a good finish. You know, and it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish in life. You might have had a rough beginning. Maybe you're in the rough middle right now. You know what? You know how you get a good ending? Is turn your life over to God's care and control. He can help you overcome any problem, any situation. He can help you endure in the middle of suffering and difficulty. And you can give all the glory to God because he's helping you in every struggle. Well, I'm so glad that you joined us today for this teaching. Would you share it with somebody? Maybe you know someone that needs to know about the love of God. Maybe you know someone that's hopeless. Maybe you know someone that's fearful right now. 
And they need to hear about the hope that we have in Christ. And that God saw all these things that are happening right now. And he has a plan for us in the future. So I, I encourage you, please do share that. Now, again, that's the sharing screen. You see my, my handles there. I'm now streaming across many different platforms. And on some of those platforms, I'm keeping a secret in case we get shadow banned or shut down. We have had uh, some social media banning and suppressing of information with this feed. Um, so some people don't like the message of the gospel. Can you believe it? Some people don't like Jesus. <laughs> some people don't want to hear about it. So those who know, you know, you know. And we got the platforms um, so we can, we can still get the information to you. If we get shut down on one platform, we can move over to another. But um, I want to encourage you. Here's the offering bucket. This is normally when we just encourage people to give tithes and offerings. You can support the ministry online. Go to mysummitchurch.com or give by text. Pull up your texting app. Open your text speech bubble and text this number 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts and uh, using your smartphone. And 100% of what you give by text goes directly to the ministry. There are no carrier fees or surcharges for that. And uh, it goes to the general fund. And helps us keep going. And the church, yes, the church, even when we don't have a location, still has expenses. So I appreciate your obe obeying the Lord in that and helping us just staying faithful with tithes and offerings. And tithes and offerings are not about helping the church. They're about you releasing the hands of blessing in your life. Because again, it's take and give. But you can't give what you don't have. But if your hand's not open, you can't put anything in. <laughs> so the whole giving and receiving, giving and taking, taking and giving, that's all part of the giving of offerings, ties and, and over and above and taking care of the poor. That's all part of God's, how, how he functions in his economy. So so glad that you joined me today. I'm going to pronounce a blessing and let you guys go. Hope you've got a great week planned with your family. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. And, uh, and now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. Lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. I love you, church. Have a fantastic week. Uh, just be putting the feelers out there. We are looking for an indoor solution for the winter. Um, there may be a business or someone might have some square footage or a warehouse space or there might be some kind of legal spot where we could gather as a, as a ministry that would not compromise anyone's home. Um, so if you know of a space perhaps an unused retail space or anything like that, um, message me and let me know. But we're looking for a winter solution indoors to be able to do church because right now we're just online church until we find a facility. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. And here's the closing video if you want to be in contact with us. But uh, we love you. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.